Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Tuesday, it's election day in the United States, so we want to take the opportunity to say hello to our new president, Donald Trump. Donald J. Trump. We want to be on his good side, so yeah, he doesn't yeah. kick us out. So way to go, Trump. How, what's wrong with you people? And just to be safe, we want to say hello to our new president, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary Clinton. History was made. We're all with her. Her pantsuit makers, man, they're rolling they're it. loving it. Susie Cream Cheese. <laughs> and we also want to say uh, hello to the new president of the United States, Gary Johnson. Gary. <laughs> We're breaking a lot of news today. <laughs> Gary couldn't name one foreign leader. Not one. Daddy. He came out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, that's what she said. Forget sex, buddy. Hey, uh, I went to see that uh, Captain Magic movie. The, uh, Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. <laughs> this is my first time here. Captain Magic, the new Marvel blockbuster. And it's almost guaranteed to be a good time. You can get up and walk around with your baby, and people just love it. Yeah, but the problem with walking up and down that aisle, you're breathing in all those farts. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, when you sit on an airplane, you think about all the people that have sat in your chair? Yeah. How about when you sit on that airplane toilet? I never <laughs> sat on an airplane. Oh, no, I lied because I, I did have that one issue we've discussed before. Dan O'Toole here. I landed in Carolina, in Raleigh, <laughs> sitting on the toilet. Uh-huh. And puking at the same time. Mm. Come on, it'll be fun. <laughs> Would you rather eat poutine off of a Montreal strip club stage or chug a two-liter bottle of warm Swiss chalet sauce. Both those things actually sound pretty good to me. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Normally, I go commando. Episode 133. We called it off the top. Trump is president. Last week, we taped before the election. Yeah, yeah. We were being serious. <laughs> Still can't believe that happened. No. What the hell did we do? We did nothing. We can't even vote. No, we aren't allowed to vote. We aren't allowed to do anything. Uh, okay, okay. He's president. Everyone, everyone be calm. Be calm. <laughs> it's fine. Man, Twitter is... Just a I can't. giant it's too ball of anxiety. It's, it's too stressful. Just a ball, just a lot of anger and hate, and what's going to happen? And yeah, as my grandmother always said, nothing will happen. The politicians come and go; everything stays the same. It's like right now, if you open up Twitter on your phone, it's just someone going, "Ah!" You're oh, shit. yeah. And then you have to, Why not? Eh? You have to oh. Close the app so you don't oh. have to hear that anymore. So what can I? I the score is go on the score app. Is that, or you're only using Twitter just for the scores? <laughs> no. I don't know what else. Instagram, look at people's pictures. I don't know. We have to uh, I used to like getting news from Twitter. I was like a news feed with trolls. And <laughs> on, uh, it still is, but now it's just full of anxiety and fear. And trolls now in theaters. <laughs> Are you going to see that? Uh, you already saw Captain Fantastic. My daughters did. No offense to Justin Timberlake, but... Yeah, I don't. What? 
Uh, nobody the understands main, what you're talking about. He's uh, the main guy on the billboard. The, the trolls, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. He's going to carry the movie? I just don't understand what you're saying. You don't like him? No, I can't take a full animated movie with all Timberlake. Oh, I see what you're saying now. But it's only his voice. You're not going to be seen as Jerry Curls. I know, but you have James am I alone on this? I haven't seen it. I don't know. But uh, Timberlake for an hour and a half? What about Anna no. Kendrick Who else is in Thin Lips? And, and, and James Corden? Yes, yeah, I'm fine. And Chris Mintz-Plas, my I don't know. high I school friend. No, nothing against the guy. Chris just... Mintz-Plas was your high school friend? Yeah, we've talked about this. On the podcast we have? Oh, on the show, I forget. Yeah, we were good friends in middle school and high school. Um, Who's and he this? was uh, McLovin, McLovin, right? Yeah. Wow. wow. And so when he became... You were buddies with McLovin? Yeah, when he became Whoa. McLovin, was it like an overnight thing where before he couldn't get laid and then instantly everyone wanted to have sex with him? Quick story. So we were, he went to audition with like, I don't know, 500 people at an open call. And he was there late and told us that he got this role. And we're like, great. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you want to come to the premiere at the AMC? So we went to the local theater and our whole, most of our high school was there. And McLovin was on TV. Wait, so, oh, so you had oh, no wow. idea the we didn't scale. Know, no, no one did. And wow. then we see this movie just literally blow up in front of our eyes. Who else wow. was in this school? Because wow. he also uh, went to school with Kevin Pillar. Uh, elementary and part of middle school, but he is from, he went to a local high school next to me. And pretty much the rest of your school was porn stars, right? Yeah, Chatsworth, that's yeah, true, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds all right. McLovin and porn stars. Not bad, right? Forget okay. sex, buddy. Okay, okay. And uh, and now that I've said that, uh, let's welcome Katie and Lauren from uh, the Fox Digital Sales Department. We've offended them. Uh, we've committed some uh, serious infractions and will likely be fired. How did we offend did we offend? We're just talking about uh, adult film stars, Dan. You brought that up. And I, I think maybe next time <sighs> think about the mix. <laughs> that was the sound you just made about that. Timberlake. <laughs> Didn't Timberlake no, do a movie a with Mila side. Kunis? Yes. Right? Yes. Yep. Mila Kunis. I, I I could handle that movie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was because she was in <laughs> best but, best friends. But Dan also <laughs> doesn't like Mila Kunis. Really? I don't see the appeal. Ah. Uh. Dan O'Toole here. <laughs> Dan, can I read you this tweet someone just sent you? <laughs> so if we're putting out a movie, we know who will not be in it. Lauren and Katie just baffled. Like, what What are we selling here? What is this? What Dan, we, I'm going to read you this tweet. What are we in charge tweet. of selling? Okay, Ben. How do we sell this shit? What's this tweet? In Black recent, Swan. <laughs> in a recent Jay and Dan podcast, Dan said he was on the toilet vomiting at the, uh, on the toilet and vomiting at the same time. We call that a Double dragon fire at both ends. Okay. And was there anything else? <laughs> That's it? Where's Botticella? That is turning more and more into Mike every yeah. single day. I think that's scary. I think there's like wow. something with that stool over there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had like breaking stool. news, like a tweet, like this just in. <laughs> that stool, it's like a horror movie. <laughs> the stool. Once you sit on it. Starring <laughs> Justin Timberlake <laughs> and Mila Kunitz. <laughs> Kunitz, right? It is Kunitz. No, it's Kunitz. Kunitz. Almost guaranteed to be a good time. Kunitz. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's Everyone knows it's Kunis. Isn't it? Is it Kunis Kutcher? Oh, good question. Oh. Yeah, maybe oh. it's Kunis Kutcher. Hey, you know what? Uh, <laughs> if you're watching the video portion, you probably see us with some water in front of us. There's a good reason for that. Yeah. Hint Water was started by Kara Golden a few years ago after having her fourth child. She was overweight, a terrible acting overall felt awful. She was drinking 10 diet sodas a day instead of drinking water. That's a lot of diet sodas. That's an incredible yeah. amount of diet sodas. Dan juice is full of calories. No calorie drinks taste horrible. Hint is pure water infused with the taste of fresh fruit. With Hint, drinking water isn't boring. We have flavors to suit any palate. Watermelon, peach, mango, grapefruit, and many more. Do you like any of those flavors, Dan? I know you're very picky. Uh, watermelon, yes. Peach, maybe. Mango, grapefruit, no. Uh, <laughs> pineapple, no. I have the pineapple, and I love pineapple. This, uh, here's I'm tr- trying the watermelon. Mm. Ooh, that's a nice summer that's beverage. That's nice. That's a that's excellent. I get these at home all the time. Yeah, really. Yeah. At the at the engineer Jim Mansion. Yes, you could mix yeah. those with Cold a little water vodka. Canyon. Yeah, you might be floating out in the pool and back. Yeah, yeah. And want ice cold hint water. Yeah, you're on a floaty, oh, maybe yeah. on a big flamingo. All of a sudden, Jim comes out in a thong, throws you a yeah. hint. You grab it and that's you just right. continue on with I your day. I still can't believe maybe Ke- not a thong. Maybe not a thong. Maybe, maybe Jim comes out in the nude. I still yeah, can't believe that might Kara. happen. Kara, oh, drinking cutie. 10 diet sodas a day. Now, this is exciting, Dan. Right now, right now, you can get a single variety pack shipped directly to your door of Hint Water, including three bottles of Hint's four most popular flavors, pineapple, which I just tried, and it was delicious, watermelon, yes. apple, and blackberry. Yes, yes. Normally, this is $24. You can get this for just 15 bucks at Drink Hit. Drink Hint. Hit. Drinkhint.com slash J and Dan. That's drinkhint.com slash J and Dan. That's drinkhint.com slash J and Dan. Drinkhint.com. No sugar, no chemicals, great tasting. So that was, I yeah, gotta say, this is gonna put that over some uh, ice cubes and uh, you're in business. It's really good. I'm, yeah. I go home tonight, I'm getting my hint on. In. Yeah. Here's an idea. I what if you poured stuff. it in an ice cube tray, froze it, and then put mm. it into more hint, double hint flavor? Boom. Whoa. You, know, you know what their slogan should be? Get your hoe on. No, get your hoe. Hint on. <laughs> hint on. Because it's, you'd be thinking it's dirty, but you're like, no, it's the hint on. It's the hint. T-Mobile. You're down this. Thank you. All companies can thank you for your slogans. By the get way, I have a white on. swan. I have a white swan in the pool. Do you? Oh, really? Like yeah. one of those huge ones? Yeah, it's a huge one. Yeah. Is it always floating this, out there? It's the size of this room. No way. Yeah, and it, I have a toucan even bigger than that. You can fit like four people so on So you can it. hang off the toucan's oh, yeah. nose. You guys, that's it. We're, we're going to have a party. We're having yeah. a party. We're yeah. talking about yeah. forever. On one floaty. Yeah. You know what would yeah. be fun is we do have to do a podcast in your yeah. backyard. In yeah. the pool. Yeah. Hint, hint beverages everywhere. Yes. Getting our hoe on. <laughs> no, you just yes. get, your, get your hoe because... Hint on. So get your hoe. I still don't understand. I don't understand. It. Get your hoe. But I said you need to get. You're getting your hint on. But why so wouldn't it just be get your hint on? Like why wouldn't that just be the slogan? Why do you need get your hoe? <laughs> they could shorten it to that. <laughs> uh, we should mention. Awkward. Um, I like it, Dan. Thank you. I like it. On our Canadian Wall of Fame, we hate uh, when we add uh, people to the Wall of Fame because they've passed, but uh, sadly, two people are joining the Wall this week. 
So you, you've probably heard that Leonard Cohen passed away, and uh, this is very obviously very, very sad. I, he was sick for, I think, quite a while. He lived, apparently, Dan, I, just, I read this in The New Yorker, uh, like off Wilshire, not too far from here. Yes. Just, uh, so who knows? We could have run into him at the Apple Pan or something. And uh, the other entry entrant onto the Canadian Wall of Fame is Don Coe Jones, a famous uh, Canadian women golfer. Woman golfer. She was the first one. I didn't know this. She was the first female Canadian golfer to surpass a million bucks in career earnings. Uh, so she was. She died very young. Yeah, announced 56. the arrival of Canadian female golfers upon the world stage in the nineties. Uh, yes, she died very young and. Uh, so sadly, we uh, we put these two people on the wall of fame today. Uh, how good does Leonard look there? Eh? He just looks like a stud. Great. Yeah. Um, Should we sh- do a? Yeah, Jim. I understand you may have a six degrees with uh, Leonard Cohen. Oh boy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I worked with him. Uh, with uh, was not was. What really? Yeah, on a song called Elvis's Rolls Royce. Okay, so he so take us through this whole th- this whole process. What happens? He walks in. He's wearing like a cool top hat. Yeah, super suit. cool dude. Super cool guy. Just uh, complete what you would uh, imagine a vision of class was right that's right. that was him that's so cool yeah and a total pro and we did like background vocals with uh Iggy Pop what? and uh Downtown Julie Brown wow from MTV yeah what an interesting yeah. combo yeah, there it was crazy yeah they had a lot of different people on that record it was uh like uh, it was right around 1990 a record called Are You Okay it was really cool, yeah. And oh. he was he was great. How many takes the did songs he? Were great. How many takes did he? Couple, uh, one, a couple takes for it, and then he was good. Yeah, man. Wonder- yeah, and, and you know, very much that Leonard Cohen-y kind of spoken word, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. real. Uh, it was it was it's like a, it was like a psychedelic trip in Elvis's Rolls Royce. Is yeah. what it was you like. mentioned how cool he was. Jay Baruchel sent out a, a series of tweets, and they were from both from Montreal. And he said he he was on the same plane plane as him once, and he just said he was the epitome of cool. He says, "I I would I just sat there and like watched him sleep on the plane, and then he woke up and crushed a bag of Cheetos." <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Cohen liked his uh, Cheetos. Yeah, no, just classy guy, and obviously amazing talent, and uh, the tributes that had gone out to him all oh, week are yeah. just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really um, cool. While we got you on a roll here, uh, Tribe Called Quest put out a brand new album last week, and they were on SNL oh, man, this they past killed Saturday. It. Killed it. So fantastic. And uh, the, the album's great. And I believe I have to ask you if you have a connection to legendary hip-hop group, A Tribe Called Quest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my connection to them. <laughs> I read over there. <laughs> what the hell is going on? I, 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 I was trying to wait for the music. I was really excited to hear this one because they're my favorite group. Well, uh, my, my connection actually. If only is... the camera was on him there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's actually through the Beastie Boys, uh, oh, nice. and you know uh, my buddy Alan worked on Paul's Boutique and uh, worked that. with those guys quite a bit, and obviously. Uh, 
those guys were pretty tight with t- a tribe called Quest. Yeah, and, and uh, Q-Tip, Q-Tip was on uh, yeah. Get It Together on exactly. Ill Communication. I think. Yes. Yeah. That's a great track. Hence, The Six Degrees. Oh, man. Yes. Man, Paul's Boutique, oh, what a record. Yeah, great record. It. If you don't own it, you got to get it. Uh, that, uh, yeah, I used to stick my head in the door. I used to. They were in the studio across the hall from us working. And so I used much to, weed being smoked in there, I oh, could imagine. Yeah. At that time. A lot. They, at the time, I remember uh, Mario C., uh, their producer, said they were smoking more weed than Cypress Hill. That was a direct quote. So. <laughs> Is that possible? That's an extremely yeah. large amount of marijuana, for oh. sure, that they were you went to the Cypress Hill barbecue once, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> what? Over this? All right. So uh, <laughs> I need uh, when I was working with the Black Crows, the guys used to come down all the time. And Eric Bobo, who played percussion in Cypress Hill, played on the tracks that uh, I did with the Crows guys. And uh, so they would come down all the time. Be Real would come down all the time. and. There might have been a little bit of, uh, hey, you should try this. No, <laughs> you think that's good. You should check this out. And uh, <clears throat> there, was, there, was, there was a lot of stuff stashed behind the equipment in and, the racks. by the way, also last week in the election, weed now legal in California. Boom. Boom. So now we can finally all smoke for the first Boom. time. Yeah, yeah. But they aren't going to have it for sale for studio. like another year. Not true. For all those pace. years and never taken one hit. Yeah, not Finally, one. Yeah, this I've is never, your chance. For I fear never of being inhaled. jailed. For yes. Fear. Now you can inhaled. do it guilt-free. <laughs> wow. For the first time ever. I can't wait to see what it's like. This is my first um, time We here. got a very important piece of business oh, to take care yes. of right here. Our good friend. Not, and a, brought, not on the phone yet. Oh, not on the phone yet. Jim's calling right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just going to oh, do oh, a preamble. Sorry. sorry. Mike. Whoa, Dan, come on. I think you need to take a timeout. That was one of the most offensive things you could have called somebody. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to put this up for a little bit. (laughs) You know what I do love about Ben, though? And he said it, and you go, oh, Dan. I didn't say it. No, you gave a look. Like the mic, like the... (laughs) You know it, too. Um, Oh, Dan. Sorry, Mike is dead. All right, good friend. (laughs) Is Mike still in Portugal? Is he alive? Did he make it back? Okay, you were teeing up our phone call. Our good friend and broadcast colleague, Peter Schreger, who has his own podcast, uh, the Peter Schreger Podcast, part of the Fox Sports Network. We're really original with these names. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He uh, and his wife uh, just had a a little baby boy. And he has not been on the show since yet. We have not talked to him since he's been in debt. Okay, now before we talk to Pete, uh, we have a, a little a little piece of uh, a piece of audio from last weekend's game. Two pieces of audio. Uh-oh, two weekends ago. Two week. This is yeah. two weekends ago. You just dropped them. Oh, good job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thrilled. We're really just working. Oh, this no. be thrilled. This here. is awesome. That baby sleeping, the phone's ringing. He's freaking out. <laughs> he's doing a slow burn. Uh, okay. Um, Pete and his wife Erica had a little baby boy, and uh, here's a piece of odd. Well, we'll, we'll wait till we get Pete back here. <laughs> okay, we got him back. Okay. okay, we got him back. Okay, okay, so here we go. Here's a little piece of audio for you. You were off last weekend, and of course we heard the news, and, and many others have heard the news, but officially on the air to have you back. Congratulations to you and your bride Erica for the miracle born into this world is known <laughs> as Mel Owen Schrager. 
born on the 26th. And I tell you what, you look pretty doggone good for a guy that's not getting a lot of sleep right now, big man. I feel great. We're here. We got football on. Tom, I love you, man. Congratulations, man. Yeah, you need to get Mel in the gym, Peter, as soon as possible. <laughs> Manual resistance starts tomorrow. We tell that story Boy, another time, Chris. Hey, hey, and Peter, don't take any credit for looking good and feeling good. <laughs> Miss Erica had Mel, all right? She's the one that gets all the credit. That's exactly right. Pete Schrager, a couple of things. Tom Brenneman, I like how he refers to Erica as your bride. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and, and first of all, love hearing your voice. I love you guys. Uh, how about calling him a miracle baby? And Mir- I'm like, all right, I guess that's fine. Uh, uh, congratulations, one, buddy. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. Very exciting. It's, it's yeah, congrats. Cool. Can, I, can I give you a quick story before we get into you know, the adventures of bad parenting? Absolutely. Can I give you a quick story? So, Chris Spielman referred, you know, the Chris Spielman is like our new Fox football guy. He came from ESPN. He's a four-time All-Pro in the NFL, has a single-season record for tackles in a season. He's all football, this guy, right? So there's not much of a soft spot in Chris's heart. And he sees me um, walking into the production meeting the first time we meet, and I am this doughy, overweight, uh, white man, and this, this is his sideline reporter, right? And he's like, oh, my God, what is this guy? Like, what, what am I getting? Well, he says to me after Mel's born that you look like you've put on 20 pounds in the last few weeks. <laughs> so, well, that's endearing. That's, that's not quite the, the baby gift I was hoping for, but that's fine. I mean, that's where he's coming from. That's okay. So he says to me, why don't you meet me in the gym at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning, and I'll give you a training session. Oh so I'm like, all right, look, Chris Spielman, this is a guy who I think people would pay thousands of dollars to have them train him and train them. So I show up 5 a.m. He puts me on a treadmill. He jacks it up to 8.5. He says, start sprinting. He brings out the 20-pound bicep curls. All right, do bicep. Do 20 push-ups. I lasted 11 minutes. <laughs> 11 minutes. At 5, at 5.12, I said, okay, I'm going back up to the room. I'm going to sleep. I, I'm done. I go up. So Tom Brenneman's been this beautiful, you know, monologue soliloquy that you're supposed to frame and show your baby in, like, you know, 10 years. Look, you were mentioned on TV. And Spielman throws in there, I'm going to get him in the gym. All right, well, the clip ends there. Later on, the next play, Spielman jumps back on and goes, and yeah, Peter, I'll get you in the gym, too. I'll take you to Curves next week. Oh, <laughs> Curves. <laughs> National broadcast. Thank you, Chris Spielman. I love you. Thank you, Spielman. I, so, last in 11 minutes, and I'm going back to bed. That's, that's pretty That's <laughs> pretty <laughs> impressive, Shrek. That's pretty impressive. So how's fatherhood? Yeah, how is it? Uh, it's wild. I, I, I could be a lot of things. I could be cynical about it, but as you both know, it is unbelievable to wake up and see that thing every day. So, uh, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you don't Christ. call it that thing. I learned that too. So I was like, you can't yeah, refer to no, that that's thing. Good. That's, that's for the podcast. That's for the <laughs> He cries a lot, and I, and I feel so powerless and helpless because he can't communicate any other way. So I'm holding him. And he's crying, and I'm like, "Stop crying!" But then everyone tells me, <laughs> everyone tells me that's just what they do. Um, he's awesome. He's awesome. Peter, had you been Stop around crying. a small human before? Because I remember when you came out here to visit, and you were like hanging out with my kids. They're like, "I don't know what to do around them." Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna have, you're not gonna talk about like politics. Like, I don't know what to do, but I'll tell you. Uh, I I'd never held a baby before in my life before I held him when he first came out of my wife. Oh, wow. And that was a wild feeling. So 
I don't know, guys. I could be, like I said, I could be cynical. It could be funny. But, like, when you first hear that baby cry in the delivery room, that changes everything. It's wild. And it's like, holy crap, it's real. And I have to say, I've been on cloud nine. I haven't slept, but I've been on cloud nine for the three weeks he's been born. Uh, it's been amazing. The outpouring of love from not only, um, you know, friends and family and you guys specifically, both of you have been amazing, uh, but also, like, random people on Twitter and, and random people in the industry, like, this, I'll put this out there, and I bet you he wouldn't want that out there, but like, I've had a lot of teams send me stuff, but I got home about a week ago, and I had a huge package um, that said Mel Schrager. That's his name, Mel. So, oh, that's cute. We open it up. This amazing gift. I'd say, you know, uh, maybe one of the nicest gifts we got. And it just says, hey, welcome to the club, Adam Schefter. You know, and I don't know Adam that way, but that's how this is. Like, it's crazy. Like, just people uh, from all walks of life just showing the love, and I can't tell you how amazed and uh, overwhelmed I am by it all. Now, will you be, uh, you're in Brooklyn now, uh, will you guys stay in Brooklyn, uh, raise the child amongst all the hipsters, uh, roll up the tiny little jeans, he'll grow a tiny little goatee, uh, full-on hipster kid in Brooklyn, Schrager, yes or no? Well, it's funny, Jay, because Mel was born two weeks ago, so in his lifetime, the Cubs have won a World Series, (laughs) and Donald Trump has been elected President of the United States, so... He's seen a lot, right? He's seen a lot. <laughs> you know, he was a week old, and he woke up after the election, and I'm like, hey, baby, how you doing? He's like, I want to hit the streets. I want to hit the streets. It's what I want to do. And I said, no, Mel, no, not yet, son. But, yeah, no, we're going to stay in Brooklyn uh, for now. We have an apartment that's very small, but uh, it's just big enough for his crib and uh, a couple of cool uh, little areas around here with a lot of little kids. So we're going to try to stay here as long as we can. And Peter, great name. When if I had a boy, I was going to name him Gus. But here's the reasoning: Mel's a great name because if uh, your uh, your boy's friends have an option to go to Mel's party in high school or Dave or someone else, you're going to fucking Mel's or, every time. Or, or Ben Teller's party. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, you're picking I mean, Mel. You're ben. like, no, <laughs> Mel's parties are off the hook. <laughs> Yeah, and it was one of those deals where everyone's like, oh, which one of your great-grandparents is that named after? My wife, Erica, and I looked at each other. We're like, nobody. We actually, we just like the name Mel. It's like, he sounds like a nineteen, you know, a 1940s uh, a, a bookie or a guy who works at a deli, and that's fine. That's what we were looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or did anyone, has anyone asked you if you named him after Mel Brooks, Shregs? Yeah, there's been a few Mel's. Uh, Mel Brooks. Mel Blanc, Mel Blank or Blanc, yes. how do you pronounce it? Mel, Remember Mel Blanc? Uh, was, was he like the voice of Bugs Bunny? Or he was the voice of Bugs Bunny, and then yes. there's... Uh, Mel there's Torme. Mel, there's obviously, yep, and there's obviously Mel Gibson, who's a famous actor-director. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, uh, Shrek. So there's so, a lot of Mel's. Uh, there, was, there was one random one that I'm trying to think of. Oh, there's an old, like... Giants have like a ring of honor, and one of the giant staff members is like, Oh, Mel, that's awesome. Just like Mel Hine. I don't know who Mel Hine was. I Googled Mel Hine. His last game was played in 1926. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, big too. Mel Hine guy. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up wearing Mel Hine's jersey. It was only fitting. And then, Shrakes, you're getting up for good morning football on the NFL network like every weekday. Are you, when are you sleeping? Seriously. Sleep is done. It's sleep over. is done. I think it was the great Ed Robertson of uh, Bare Naked Ladies who said, Who needs sleep? That's where we're at right now. All, are they on the Wall of Fame? Are the bare naked ladies on? They better be. You put on board a pirate ship or Gordon, and I'm dancing in the street. <laughs> I don't know. If they, they are on it. 
I don't think no. they're here. We got to put them on. Yeah, they're yeah. good guys. Tyler Stewart went to Ryerson, where I went to school. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Big little known fact. Little known I'll fact. I'll tell you fact. what. We can get into a tangent about the tragically hip and all the amazing things that they've done, and Our Lady Peace and Jeremy Taggart. But from being a high school kid in America in the late '90s, those two bare naked ladies albums, No Snark, those were fantastic. And they're still doing great, except for Stephen. Yeah, there was, Page. one of them had issues. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. got a bit of a dust up. Yeah, well, not a dust up. He, uh, <laughs> he had a little issue. With... Yeah, so quite literally a dust up. Yeah, quite <laughs> literally. Met a girl. It kind of all they took off. See, I always wonder if he if he seriously regrets that as they continue to rake in the money at the casinos and the cruise ships. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Schrager, before we let you go, our next guest is uh, Kurt Menefee. Uh, you have any? Uh, you've essentially worked with him for a long yes. time. Yes, Kurt Menefee, one of the nicest, best guys. But one one of the most underrated things about Kurt Menefee, he does the preseason play by play for the Seattle Seahawks. Right. So he is as plugged in with the Seahawks as anybody in this country. And I'll tell you this, guys: you might want to mention to him, you might not. Uh, I was already being hired for Good Morning Football, but the Seahawks inquired whether they wanted to have a sideline reporter and my name came up and Kurt Menefee came out of nowhere and said a huge stamp of approval. Let's bring on Schrager. So I'm forever indebted. It didn't work out, but Kurt Menefee was my letter of recommendation. <laughs> Wait, it didn't work out. Why? So he recommended you and they're like, you know what? Honestly, we're not. He recommended me. We discussed and then good morning football came along. And there there just was go. no way because they have Thursday pro preseason games and I had to be in New York. So, it could have been a magical, magical friendship between me and Kurt Menefee. Now it's just a beautiful letter of reference. Well, uh, Shregs, we're so now, happy I for you Kurt's and Erica. I think Kurt's probably going to be outside the door. Um, so we're, we're going to let you go, and we're going to bring in Kurt. But Shregs, uh, all the best. Try to get a little sleep, maybe nap during the day or something like that, and have fun at the Parent and Me classes with Michael Sarah. Yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so much, and thanks to all the listeners from Canada, everywhere, who tweeted me. It's very cool. And we'll give out your home address uh, so everyone can send uh, presents. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, See you, buddy. That's Congrats. Peter Schrager. What a guy. And now, right outside the door, Kurt Menefee from the NFL on Fox. Kurt Menefee. Just probably just need you need to open it one more time. Kurt Menefee, everybody. Here he is. Kurt Menefee. This is interesting. Let's try to look and see who books the guests. Okay, it's not Rich. Producer Tim. It's not uh, Jim. It's not Katie. Look, here Warren. he is. Oh, Kurt Menefee. Yes. 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 I never, I always believed in you, Ben. I always oh believed God. in you. I knew you could do it. How are you, my friend? How are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm officially in the closet. This is, yeah. very, <laughs> this is very exciting to have you on the show. We were just talking to Peter Schrager, and he was saying how oh. kind you were uh, recommending him for the oh Seattle my. Seahawks uh, sideline reporter job in the preseason. And then, he just, and then he just quit. He just left for I, good morning you know, football. It, you, you give a guy a recommendation. Next thing you know, he stabs you in the back, yeah. makes yeah. you look Classic bad. Classic <laughs> Exactly. That's what everybody says. Classic Schrager. Um, tell us about the book. Losing isn't everything. So, yeah. who did they approach you That's about writing book. it, Kurt? No. Or did you say, you know what, I want to put some words on the page? You know what? The honest answer is, it's one of those things that I've always been. First of all, I'm, I'm interested in people, and you know, like you guys, I've been around sports for a long, long time, and we always see the winners, and we hear about them, and they get the TV jobs, they get to go to Disneyland, all that. But you wonder what happened to people that lose, and not just their, their careers. What happens to them in their personal lives? Because right. they're that close to being the one 
that right. gets the TV job and gets to go to Disneyland and all that, but they didn't because they lost. And so I always wanted to examine that, and I think it took a longer form or needed a longer form than you would get you know, in a TV piece or what have you. That is so a that's why the book idea. idea came from. So you must have... You probably didn't have a clue what you were going to run into. You didn't know no, if you're walking exactly. to someone who's been depressed the, ever since that moment happened yep. or if they've turned it into a great triumph. And, and I ran into a little bit of both and everything in between. That's what was fascinating about it because as you start the book, and I can see you're just going through it I'm just right going, now. You're just yeah, read the whole book I'm while we sit here. <laughs> I'm excited. But it must be but tough making that phone gamut. call because they don't want to, some of them probably don't want to talk well, about it. I would say 75% of the people that I approached did it there was 25% that said, no, I don't want to go back there. But my approach all along was that, look, this is not a rehash of what happened and why you lost or, or why you failed or why you fell down, whatever their circumstance was. This is about the psychology of it and what can people learn from it and how can other people benefit from what you went through, but also how it affected your life. People don't know your story. Right. You've kind of disappeared, whoever you are. And, and I said, it's really interesting because I've had people in the book it's affected their marriages. Uh, some have gone to drug rehabs. Others have said, you know, I was depressed that I didn't win, but after a couple of months, I got over it, and I've been able to move forward. And it's been really all over the place and all over the spectrum. And it's been a really interesting study for me to find out, okay, we've got two different reactions or multiple reactions. Why are some able to move forward really right. quickly? And others hang on. Calvin Chiraldi's in this book. 30 years later, he's still in therapy for blowing uh, game six and seven in the 86 Wow. Still wow. in therapy for that. He just started therapy in 2013, which is 27 years later. Wow. And I found him fascinating because everybody looks at the 86 World Series and sees Boston lose, and you see that Bill Buckner play over sure. and over and over and over. That wasn't the reason they lost. History tells us that because we've seen that one play. Right. But Chiraldi came in in the eighth inning, blew a one-run lead, stayed in the game in the tenth inning, uh, got the first two outs with a two-run lead, and then gave up three straight hits, setting the Buckner play in motion. So he loses game six. They have game seven, yeah, which people don't talk I about. Was, I was going to say, nobody talks about the fact that they had a chance to win game seven. Right? And they, they, So he comes in game seven, 3-3 tie in the seventh inning. First batter, Ray Knight, gives up a home run, loses game seven. So he loses game six and seven. History tells us it was Bill Buckner's fault. So most people aren't even looking at Sherrod. Right. But he said in the immediate aftermath, people were. And that next year was so hard on him with the media and the fans mm. that he put up walls in his terms. And he shut it down. And he only pitched for four more years in the majors, retired at 29, and admits mentally he could not do it anymore. He's been retired all those years. Finally, in 2013, his wife came to him and said, essentially, look, we're going to have to get a divorce if you don't go get some help. Wow. You're not the same guy I fell in love with. You're not the same guy I married. You're not the same guy before 1986. And he says she was 100% right. He knew he hadn't been involved in his children's lives. Um, and a lot of things had gone wrong personally for him. He's coaching high school baseball down in, in Texas. And he says the only place he felt comfortable was dealing with baseball players, high school kids. And one of the, the more fascinating quotes for me was that he said, I wish I could have a conversation with a stranger, that he just shut out the world. His father committed suicide, and it wasn't because of 86. His father had cancer, but he said that that was a big moment for him too because he saw the way his father had dealt with everything was to put up walls. Right. And he was on that same path, and he didn't want to end up there. So in 2013, 27 years after the 86 World Series, he started therapy. So in a way... It's a lot of redemption stories, right? Like personal redemption. After yeah, in, in, in many ways. I mean, he's still battling through it. Craig Elo, he wound up going to drug rehab, he says, directly as a result of another guy who buried it and didn't deal with it. 
when Michael Jordan hit the shot. And part of the irony there is that it went on for years and years, and he tried to hide it. His family caught him. Uh, he tried to set his house on fire. Uh, and that's, you, a, yeah, well, that's an alarm bell there. It, it, it really is. <laughs> well, you go, well, why did you – because they tried to take his drugs away. And you go, well, why would you set your house on fire? He goes, ah, I was a drug addict. Who knows why you do what you do. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know? Enough, yeah. So, I mean, he was totally honest. But he said the first day that he's in drug rehab, the guy is showing him around the premises. And he goes – Hey, aren't you that guy in that Michael Jordan poster? Oh so he's God. still dealing God. with it you know, everywhere he goes, and he still hears from it. And these are people that I think, for most of us, we go, ah, that was just a moment in time. For them, it changed their lives in a lot of ways. Did a lot of these people receive death threats? Like, did it go that far? Yes. Because people bring their lot. fandom yeah. to that level. Yeah, yeah. There, there were some. There were some. You know, a lot of it was really more of you're just a, a, uh, an a-hole. You know, I, I, Rodney Harrison, who was on that Patriots team that was going for the perfect season, and he's in every time you see that David Tyree helmet catch, yeah. Harrison is there trying to break it up. And he talked about, he, he has two reasons that that, that bothered him. Because he had won two Super Bowls, and you'd think it wouldn't bother him. The first is that, this is at the end of the game, remember, that physically he thought he had knocked the ball away, and he didn't. He said, I thought that I swatted away, and all of a sudden I'm on the ground, and Steve Smith, the little receiver, is going, get off him, great catch. And I'm like, what? And he says he looks and he sees he has the ball and he looks at the jumbotron and sees the catch. That's a once-in-a-lifetime catch. He's, so it bothered him that he didn't make the play because he's used to making the play. But what bothered him more was the touchdown pass that happened four plays later. On that play, the defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, sends in a blitz. He's calling the defense on the field, Rodney Harrison is. He's the defensive captain. He says he looks out and he sees five foot nine, Ellis Hobbs, Lined up against six foot five Plexico Burris. He goes, I know we got no shot at that. So I decide I'm going to call off the blitz. He calls off the blitz. Junior Seau, who's the linebacker on that team, says, No, let's run it. He goes, No, we're calling it off. Junior goes, No, let's run it. Now, Rodney's not blaming Junior because he said it was his responsibility to call the defense. But it goes back to when Rodney was a rookie, fifth round draft pick out of Western Illinois, drafted by the San Diego Chargers, oh, wow. barely got on the field his rookie year. Junior took him under his wing right. and turned him into an all-pro player. And he respected Junior so much. And Junior had not won a Super Bowl. So he wanted to give him every opportunity to blitz on that play. And he admits, he said, had that been Teddy Bruschi or any other player on this team, I would have just called it off because I knew it was the right thing to do. But I knew Junior wanted to run it, and I let him run it. And he says as soon as the ball was thrown by Eli, he go, I didn't even turn around because I knew it was a touchdown. <laughs> and he wow. blames himself because – he made a mental error there by letting his emotions take over. And I love a story like that because, you do, like you said, you don't associate Rodney Harrison with no. being a loser or anything. Exactly. Obviously, he's a, a great player. He's a great broadcaster. Yeah, now, probably so. a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. yeah. So so I love that you include stories like that, but then also stories that you, you know, well, like Craig Elo. And, and to get back to the, to the original point, I guess, I got sidetracked in telling that story. He tells a story that five years after the game. He's at LaGuardia Airport. And someone yells across the concourse, hey, Rodney, how does it feel to F up a perfect season? Wow. So you know, these are things that people just bring up to them. And so that's what I found fascinating because for most of us, we have a bad day at work or a bad day at home. I mean, everybody's got adversity they've got to overcome. But it's on such a public stage that 10 years later, nobody's bringing up. If you have a bad highlight show or I have a bad day you know, on Fox NFL Sunday, most people forget about it by the end of that day. Certainly not 10 years later is someone bringing it up to me. And with these people, it constantly comes up. So they've got to find a way to not only deal with it within themselves, but in the general public, wherever they go. So I have a question. Uh, are you and Michael Strahan trying to take 
all the jobs. You, <laughs> you've got you've got a book. You do your job on Sunday. Yeah. You've got a travel show. Yeah. So now, what is the suit line next? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. going to do hand suit line. Do the. Uh, Kerchiefs that go in the pocket, yeah, pocket oh, yeah. squares, yeah. you know, and, and that way Michael and I can partner. You guys up. are going stride idea. for stride, yeah. 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 I like <laughs> that, actually. Yeah. I like that. Talk about uh, NFL on Fox. Everyone must be fascinated by this. Can you take us very briefly through the day itself? Yeah, good question. Uh, I'd love to just hear like what your day is like on Sunday, because okay. I think everyone just assumes it's the most fun of all time. It right? is though. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, our meetings now. We used to have to meet at 5 a.m. Because remember, we do the show out of Los Angeles. Right. So West Coast, we're on the air at 9 a.m., um, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. Say it 8 million times. Yeah. Um, but we used to have to meet at 5 in the morning. We got a new producer a couple of years ago, Bill Richards. He moved it back to 6. So everybody's really happy with that. <laughs> so we show up at 6 in the morning. Well, most of us do. Jimmy gets here about 2.30 in the morning. Right. Has G- coach with da- yeah, uh, him and coach with Wanstead, Wanstead right? Yeah, yeah, he's, at yeah. 4.45. He's always here. I mean, he, he, he's, you know, he lives in the Keys. He says he just doesn't adjust his body clock. Right. And he literally will walk. The hotel's right next door. Get up 2.30, 3 o'clock at the latest. He's over here watching TV, going over notes, has coffee with Wanstead, who's on the earlier show. So the rest of us get in here at 6 o'clock in the morning. We have our meeting where we just kind of go over a rundown of the show. And, and, you know, okay, we're going to talk about Green Bay and Minnesota in this segment, you know, Dallas and Philly in this segment. And we kind of get a feel. I mean, part of that is during the week in our conversations with one another, especially for me as the host. I try and talk to as many guys as I can or get a feel for whether they're leaning Pro, con, offense, defense, whatever their thoughts so are. So when you say yeah, you're talking to them, are you, are, you guys te- are you guys texting each other? Are you Everything. calling each other? Well, but the, the thing is, it, it's, it, and this gets away from that day, but we're all friends. Yeah. I mean, we are genuinely people that like one another. It's funny because I, I was doing this book tour. I've been everywhere in the world. So today I was sitting on a set waiting to go on, and I'm in the middle of a group text with Howie, Terry, <laughs> Michael, and Jimmy. I mean, this is on a Tuesday morning. Are no, Terry's no. texts all just emojis? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to do the the cat without the uh, the C and the T, right? right. You know what I <laughs> said? So, no, no. But we have we we genuinely we communicate with each other. Our families are friends. Right. Uh, my wife and and Howie's wife Diane um, just got together at a Patriots uh, Steeler game a couple weeks ago. You know what I mean? So we all genuinely get along. So we talk throughout the week. On Saturday, I try, and I don't make it every week, but Jimmy and and Terry watch college football together every single Saturday. And so the rest of us will pop in every other Saturday or or periodically, and conversations kind of spur from there as well. So we have that meeting at 6 o'clock where we just kind of get a feeling for where we're going. 7 o'clock, we're in makeup. Oh, no, we have to be in makeup and out on the set by 7 a.m. We do a rehearsal, and... We don't even call it a rehearsal. What is that? What exactly. is that rehearsal? It, what is that? It's it, it for all the technical people, basically. <laughs> right, right. So they make sure the lighting and the camera, and if we have any remotes like this week, Jay Glazer was in New York. So we make sure that the audio and the video works perfectly, or if Aaron Andrews or whomever is doing a piece, we make sure all that stuff works. And then we basically sit around and shoot the crap <laughs> the yeah, rest yeah. of the day. Yeah, watch games. Exactly. Right? We do, and we eat together on the set. We watch the games together. Where we sit for the show is where we sit for the rest of the day. Right. And they bring this giant monitor wall in, and we watch every single play of every single game going on in the National Football League. And we're there till 5 in the uh, evening because we have to go to 8 o'clock Eastern time. So it's an 11-hour day. It's a long who's, day. Who's the messiest eater? Because uh, I just want to know because I'm a horribly messy eater. Hmm. That's a good question. 
It's Everyone? definitely not Howie. Howie no, Howie's like, together. he's Mr. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. Howie's one of those guys you would love to invite to your house because he cleans his plate afterwards. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. always that one guest. There's some that just kind of sit there and wait for you to pick it up. Yeah. Howie's the guy. He cleans everybody's plate, and he'd go and wash it. And he'd bring you yeah. a free pair of sketches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's Howie. So um, he's definitely not the guy. Um, I don't know. I'll take the blame. Really? Now, yeah, good. Now, was it for you coming in after, because James Brown had kind of mm-hmm. started with those guys, mm-hmm. what was it like kind of coming in after James had, had kind of started with these guys? Because that's kind of a, a weird situation, I guess, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. JB did it for 12 seasons. This is my 11th. Wow. So, I know time flies. Wow, crazy. So, uh, but I had been doing games for Fox for 10 years. Yeah. So I sort of kind of knew the guys. You know, we would get together at our seminar in August right before the season started. And that was pretty much, you know, other than when you're doing talkbacks via satellite, that was my only real relationship with those guys. I knew Jimmy. Jimmy was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, his last two years there, I was a local guy in Dallas. Right. Uh, so I knew Jimmy a little bit from that, but, I mean, this is, this is a different Jimmy Johnson, trust me. He was not smiling and friendly back then. <laughs> no. uh, Michael was not on the show yet. But Michael and I have been friends since 1995. As a matter of fact, his—I don't know if you tell the story. But Do it. His, no, his ex-wife tried to set me up with her sister. What? I mean, we we've been friends that long, that wow. long. And wow. Michael wisely guided me in a different direction. Right. So, okay, good. Um, but Michael wasn't on the show then, so I knew Jimmy a little bit, and Howie and Terry, I just like seen at a seminar. So it was really interesting because you get the gig, and the, you know the show is number one. It's been number one ever since, too. Um, but th- that's daunting because you go, well, nothing lasts forever. Yeah, and you And don't if the be show's the not number one, they're going to go, what's the change? Right, right. fees here. So it was daunting from that standpoint. And I think the, the, one of the best things that ever happened to me was I, I got the gig, and the first week, we were on the road that year. I make this joke about Terry Bradshaw and his ex-wives. Scott Ackerson, who was the producer at the time. Oh, yeah, we knew Scott. Yeah. Well, you said it in past tense. Yeah, we all knew. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Well, he was start, we started our show yes, with him. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and Scott's retired now. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things, um, he goes, oh, I don't know if he, he liked that. So I'm just trying to fit in because you go, this is what these guys do. All right, the second week, I don't make a joke about Bradshaw's exes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I make another stupid joke, and then I honestly don't even remember exactly what it was, but the context was it was very uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm, but I'm, my whole point is I'm trying so hard because right, you right. want to fit in. You want to be one of the guys. And I was in the building. I was walking down the hallway, and Roy Hamilton, I don't know if you knew Roy. Yep. Roy was an a executive producer here, not even on Fox NFL Sunday. He was over at, at Fox Sportsnet at the time. And I'm walking down the hallway, and Roy says, hey, you got a second? I go, yeah. So he calls me in the office. He goes, look, you got the gig. Stop <laughs> trying so hard. Right. You know, just relax. They hired you for a reason. Just go out and do your thing. And I took that to heart. And that next week and from that point on, you know, now I can make fun of those guys and everything. Sure. But you realize sometimes you can try too hard, you know? Just just do your thing. The reason you got hired, whatever the gig is, whether it's banking or this, you got hired because you were you. And that's what they expect you to be. Don't try to be anything else. And that was a, a very important lesson Excellent for me. Piece yeah, of we, advice. We could use that because we yeah. don't try. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, but that's you. <laughs> that's been our problem the whole time. You got hired for not trying. Yeah. Um, well, this is amazing. Losing isn't everything. Uh, the, and not is everything awesome. is death and destruction. Right, you know I mean? right. There's some, yeah. uh, some people that, you know, Mary Decker, who fell in the 84 Olympics, she said she had some issues at the beginning, but it was never like people thought that she and Zola Budd didn't get along. But she I said think they communicated all along oh, about how they felt sorry for one another. 
But don't you think, like, don't you look, you watch the Olympics, because Dan and I just love the Olympics, and I watch the Olympics, and I think that, to me, is the most daunting thing yeah. ever, to fail at that stage. Yeah. Not only are so many people watching, but you're working to one moment, yes. and you fail that one moment. I mean, no matter what it is. And no it's every what four years, if that. For right. some people, it's that one time. Yeah. And what's interesting is, I think, first of all, the people in the book that were in individual sports tended to get over their problems or their losing sooner than the ones in team sports. Interesting. And I I came to the summation that the people in the team sports really felt a responsibility to everybody else. They felt they let other people down. Teammates, also they have a bigger fan base. There's Red Sox Nation, you know, and all this. So they feel like I let all these people down. Whereas in an individual sport, yes, they were disappointed they lost, but eventually they had to look and say, it, it was me, it was my fault. Mm-hmm, There's yeah. nobody else to blame. But it's really interesting about the Olympians. I have Barry Decker, who fell in the 84 Olympics. I've got Lindsey Jacob Ellis, who was the snowboarder who was leading in 2006 and hot-dogged. Uh, and she wanted to get the silver. Nobody remembers that because she was so far ahead, expected to win the gold. She's won 11 world titles and all that stuff since then, X Games. But all people remember is she fell then, and then she also fell again in 2010. And she talks uh, about the same thing. Dan Jansen is also the third Olympian. All three of them, they take the Olympics a lot less seriously than, than other people because they say they see how much is built up. All the regular championships you win, world titles, all the other days, in the public's eye, it comes down to the Olympics. That's so interesting. And they think that's that that's so not true. fair. They yeah. think it's not yeah. fair. Well, gymnastics, figure skating, yeah. all those and sports, in, you're, you're so right. In back-to-back Olympics, uh, for Canadian viewers, we had – Two women, first at the 2010 Olympics and then at the 2012 London Games, both apologizing into the camera to an entire country saying, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. Like, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, it really that. is. Yeah. It really is. Um, the book sounds amazing, and I'm going to dive into before it right you, now. Before you leave, can you pick out your favorite Canadian? Yeah, on the Canadian yeah, before Wall we let you go. We've got uh, so many. Oh, my God. Got well, so many. Now, is this living or all time? Because Peter Jennings this would be is, right there at your the top. Favorite all time. This is all time. Uh, so, Peter so Jennings he, would be at the top. Yeah, he's he was. Ariel awesome. Helwani. Yeah, he's a good what dude. a guy. Uh, I got to catch up. I got to see how many are here. How about Wayne is Ann Murray here sw- anywhere? Uh, yes, right there. Oh, right there she's right here. <laughs> yeah. There we go, right in front of me. <laughs> we have a record on our show. Go. Yeah, yeah, we're, we've got a we've got a copy of her greatest hits on vinyl. On the, there's just the so many great Canadians that it's hard to narrow it down to just one or two. Uh, the back hair. Seth, there. Seth Rogen, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't really go wrong. Wayne Gretzky, uh, the sweater on Wayne Gretzky. Could you pull? Well, that off that's for that's it's it's about the look. If I had seen that sweater right away, I how could I have gone it's in also, the other direction? It's not just the look that he's wearing; it's the look he's giving you. Like <laughs> and the size of the watch. I know. Yeah, exactly. Things have changed just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, Kurt so- Menefee, unbelievable. Um, this is the awkward part. You wow. just leave. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's it? I'm that's out? why Jeff's here. I, I heard the cheer before I got here, and that's yeah. the yeah. premature cheer to get the hell that's out of right. here. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then we're going to interview on the TV show. Yeah, the okay. TVs. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. the television program. Okay, yeah. I'll be there. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll go get so the we'll see in like 10 up. minutes All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you very much. What a guy. That was fun. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that look at that, another uh, Christmas present. This, we fill out so everyone's we'll, Christmas. So this presents. we'll put on uh, on our set. And looking at the Canadian Wall of Fame, we would be uh, remiss in not mentioning uh, Janet Wright from the oh, Corner yes. Gas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Good movie call, that man. we got to work with. She died at the age of seventy-one. When we were shooting the movie, we could tell that they, they had to 
use a wheelchair to bring her in to shoot her scenes. So she yeah. was she was in very ill health when we were shooting. That yeah, film. And you could tell how close that uh, cast was because they all tweeted out saying we lost a family member today. So that's three. Oh man, yeah. in the span of a week, three yeah. very great Canadians. Great Canadians. Um, Kurt Menefee was great. Uh, you know what wow. else is great, Dan? What a nice guy. Yeah, great I'll guy. say this: Athletes Collective, freaking great. I'm wearing my Athletes Collective gear every week at yoga. Sure, I'm doing yoga with 70-year-old people. But I look yeah, a lot better they than look they like do. They look like garbage. Yeah, they <laughs> look like crap with their sweatpants. I got my Athletes Collective gear, premium sportswear at an affordable price without the logos. 30 to 40% less than major brands with the same high-quality fabrics. Why pay more? Athletes Collective's made in Canada, designed and manufactured in Toronto, free shipping and returns across the U.S. and Canada, 100% satisfaction guaranteed, Dan. Call to action. Again, that's in there. <laughs> yeah. Ben. Go to athletescollective.com and use the promo code Fox Sports checkout. Promo code Fox Sports at checkout. Receive 15% off your first order. Athletescollective.com, promo code Fox Sports, all one word. That's what you got to do. See, Jeff Hall came in to, to get Kurt. That's a good th- th- uh, method, I think, don't you? Do you guys I, like I that? See, yeah, I, see, I like that. I see you got a haircut. Did he cut it himself? Yeah. <laughs> Did he cut his own hair? No, I think he's just taking it down to the wood. <laughs> he's taking it right down to the wood. <laughs> just at home. Can you explain what Jeff looks like? You're sure. Like, I he's got eyes, face, uh, skin. Well, so Jeff is, uh, I guess we could say he's losing his hair. <laughs> yeah. And I think he's... Uh, Decided, ladies, maybe you could chime in here. <laughs> Is it like he was kind of just growing it out? But I, I just saw a quick better. look. I just saw a quick look. I don't. Right. Maybe I'm. Maybe I saw it from a bad ankle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Harsh. Damn wow. man. Wow. Damn it. Cool. Jeez. Oh. Yikes. Oh. I didn't murder Yikes. anyone. Yikes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, here's a question for you. Have you ever lost or thought you lost your phone? How awful was that? Even if it found it in five minutes. If you're like me, your life is on that phone. Well, guess what? Identity thieves know that too. And when you, when your lost phone winds up in the hands of an identity thief, it can be the beginning of a disaster. Financially, emotionally, even physically. That could take years to unwind. That's why you can help protect yourself with Identity Guard. You get protection from a company that's been in business for over 20 years, one that's helped protect more than 47 million people. Can you believe that? Identity Guard continuously monitors millions of transactions, gives you the tools you need to minimize risk. Plus, if you're to become a victim of identity theft, Identity Guard's victim recovery specialist will be there to help you through the recovery process. Identity Guard even offers identity theft insurance with coverage up to a million bucks. So get the identity theft protection service that's right for you. Visit Identity Guard at IdentityGuard.com slash podcast. That's IdentityGuard.com slash podcast. Uh, Jeff Hall just called. He He's crying. He's in a puddle <laughs> of tears in the hallway. He's very, very sad. Mm-mm. Remember when Dan you used to say, generally awkward. Remember when you used to say Mike Botticello cut his own hair? That was when he would come in with his Caesar haircut sometimes. He'd have yeah. the George Clooney on the first season of ER haircut. <laughs> hey, Rich, you had something to play for us before we read our final sponsor. Yeah, so um, go ahead. No, you explain it. Okay, well, last week you said that you went and saw a movie called Captain Magic <laughs> for some reason it when was... it was really Doctor Strange. Right. So I decided to Google what Captain Magic was to see where you could have potentially gotten that from. Okay. And it's uh, it's a, a video 
from 2001 from a group called The Wiggles. Oh! So what I'm oh. going to do is I'm going to play I that. I know The Wiggles. They were huge stars. They're They're, still they still are. Yeah. What you guys used to watch this is... Yeah, look at these guys. Those are the originals. Those are the four original members. Now what? Now there's a lady wiggle now. Is that right? Someone just told me it's three dudes and a lady. I don't know. So these are the four originals. Then they have this guy who's the uh, the pirate, and then they do have women that show up in little skits. No, but I think there's a there's a lady because I think one of the wiggles got a girlfriend who was like, I want her to be in the wiggles now. And all the ladies when they go to the concerts were like big into these guys. I don't get it. Are they, they all on psychedelics? Did they all cut their own hair? <laughs> Possibly. What is this? It's a kid show. It's a kid show. Guys from Australia. Yeah. They are mega popular. They all sell out the auditoriums everywhere. everywhere really? They, they go. go on tour. Yeah. I thought he was going to play a porno. Yeah, I did too. That's what too. I thought. I could pull that up if you Let's want. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. there, right. is, there is a female. Work, work computer. There's a female. Is she married to one of the other Wiggles? Uh, it's Emma Watkins. Oh, classic Watkins, the Yoko Ono of the Wiggles. Hey, do you know the Texture <laughs> app lets you tap into the world's most popular magazines anytime, anywhere, using your smartphone or tablet? Breeze through hundreds of your favorite magazines, including back issues, and pick the articles that interest you the most. <laughs> texture has made it easy to find articles you care about. I don't just get to Rolling Stone and GQ. Dan, what are your favorite magazines? You like the Sports Illustrated? Sure, I love all those. What about the GQ? You like <laughs> that one? I read it. What about and Architectural Digest? Do and you like seeing o. the insides of houses? And oh. Uh, the Texture editorial team recommends content for me every day. Plus, I can dive deeper with personalized collections. I get all the cat magazines. Sign up for the Texture right now and gain insider access to all the content from the world's best publications. And yes, there are cat magazines. Yeah, for sure. Cat fancy. The Texture app is the easiest way to remain culturally culturally curious with top stories and new and noteworthy sections <laughs> Did updated you say throughout culturally the culturally curious again? Culturally curious. That's Manurisms. Culturally <laughs> curious. Plus, you can share your subscription with the entire fam. You never have to worry about that stack of magazines in your bedroom or bathroom getting taller and taller. I'll say this. There's a stack of magazines in my bathroom. <laughs> uh, Texts are offering our listeners a free trial right now. Free trial. Go to texture.com slash Dam. You gain immediate entry to all the top magazines, including back issues and video content, and you start binge reading for free right now. Texture.com slash Dan. That's texture.com slash Dan. Get culturally curious. And get your cat fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know what would be nice if one of the listeners got you a subscription to Cat Fancy that showed up at your door every week? Well, that would mean they'd have my address, and then that'd be scary. Uh, ben, get on that. Send that out on the tweets. All right, thanks for uh, joining thank us. Thank you, guys. That was a fun one. Man, yes. Kurt Menefee. Can't thank him enough. He was fantastic. The book's called Losing Isn't Seriously, Everything. Great idea for a book. Kurt Menefee yeah, really hosts cool. the Fox NFL Sunday. It is available right now, so go check that out if you get a chance, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. So long, my time here is up. <laughs> <laughs>